Welcome to the Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. What's synergy? Well, it's what people create when they come together. The literal definition of synergy is the interaction or cooperation of two or more substances or entities to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. So what does that mean in a practical sense? Well, there's an expression, the total is worth more than the sum of its parts, but that's especially true when it comes to people. Humans become exponentially more powerful when they're united in thought and intention and volition because everything they're thinking and feeling at all times will affect the other person. Their energy intensifies personally as well as combined. Now, the capacity of a human soul is infinite for the simple reason that we have a body and a mind and a heart and a spirit. When those four things come together, they create a soul and they work together with the same focus and intention. They are dynamic. So this show is about learning how to become more personally powerful and mindfully proactive, both when alone and with other people. We're going to cover a lot of topics in the next hour about personality profiling and behavior. And so if you have a question you want to ask or a comment you want to make about those topics, go ahead and give me a call. The number here at BBS Radio is 888-627-6008. Okay, so now there are different people that have different opinions and different behaviors, and most, most humankind appreciates that personalities are consistent. But some people have issues with the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Personality Profile System, and that's because sometimes it's been abused, sometimes it's been just misunderstood, but a lot of people have issues with personality profiling just because, first of all, it can put people into a box, basically label people. And then as a result, sometimes people don't really see the individuality of different unique individuals, and they think that can undermine the relationships that people have. Or another complaint sometimes I hear is that, well, you know what, I've changed over the years. That might have been my personality before, but it's not anymore. So what I may have been labeled as when I was younger, I'm not, I'm just not that way. Or some people say, you know what, personality profile tests are just a way for people to avoid doing the work of building a relationship, getting to know someone. They think that if they know your profile, then they don't have to really take the time, invest the time in making a personal connection. And you know what? Those are all very legitimate causes for concern, but that doesn't mean that the test itself is something that should be just uh, negated or not considered because when it's used in a proactive and mindfully healthful way, it can bring people together. Okay, so now I talked about the basic four um, dichotomies of the MBTI personality profile system. So most of the people that are going to be listening today already have those basic elements in their mind. And if you don't, go ahead and get into the archives of BBS Radio on the page of my show. You can see the themes of all of the different topics that I cover in the shows that I've had. And if you want to go ahead and just listen to the basics before you hear all of these other more detailed descriptions and implementations of that information, feel free to go ahead and, and remind 
rewind and remind yourself to get those pieces into your into your um, the front of your thoughts. Now, what we're talking about is functional order. Just means that everybody does everything. If your personality profile is say an ENFJ, you're still going to have to do ISTP things. You're still going to have to, you know, what act sometimes like an ESTJ. Because life demands that you do all kinds of different activities. So the fact that you have to do different activities, well, sometimes it's going to be hard for you. Sometimes it's going to be easier for you. What is the way to determine your functional order? I'm going to go through it kind of quickly. The last letter of your personality determines which of the two middle letters will have an extroverted orientation. It doesn't mean it's going to be your dominant function. It's just going to tell you which one is extrovertedly inclined. The other one of your middle two letters will be introvertedly inclined. So that's when you look at the first letter and say, okay, so if this particular activity for me is externally, extrovertedly inclined, if I'm an extrovert, that means I'm going to want to do it more. The one that I am more introvertedly likely to do If I'm an introvert, that's going to be the one that I do more. Now, the terms for the four levels of activity are dominant, that's number one, auxiliary, that's number two, tertiary, that's number three, and inferior, that's number four. So thinking about the letters of the dichotomies, the two middle letters of your personality could either be N or S for the second letter, and T or F for the third letter. But you have to do N activities and S activities and T activities and F activities. So when you're thinking about which one you will do the most down to which one you will do the least, you need to know the formula. The formula, we're going to use the example of an ESFJ. So stick with me here, and if you need to get out a pen and paper to write it down, go ahead. The last letter of ESFJ is J. That means that the third letter, the judging activity of making decisions, will have an extroverted orientation. That means that the other letter of their personality, the S, will be introvertedly inclined. Now, since the feeling activity for an ESFJ is extrovertedly inclined, they're an extrovert, that means it's going to be activity number one. They're going to want to do the extroverted activity more than the sensing because it has an introverted orientation. So their extroverted feeling is number one. Their introverted sensing is number two. So then what about the thinking and the intuition that they're going to have to do in life? If they want to get things done, if they want to succeed and be happy, they're going to need to learn how to do intuitive and thinking activities. The beautiful thing about nature is balance. The balance principle means that in order to keep things running smoothly, they need to compensate each other and they need to keep each other moving fluidly in that symbiotic way. So if an ESFJ loves to do extroverted feelings, that's number one, it's their dominant function, The polar opposite of that would be thinking, but they're going to do it in the opposite way. If their feeling is extroverted, when they're thinking, they're going to do it in an introverted way. 
And that means the number two for them, they're introverted sensing. When they're doing intuitive activities, they're going to do those intuitive activities in an extroverted way. But again, if they love to do feeling things, they're pretty much going to hate to do thinking things. So if their feeling is dominant, then their thinking is going to be all the way at the bottom. We call that inferior. And if an ESFJ has introverted sensing as an auxiliary function, the polar opposite of introverted sensing is extroverted intuition. That's going to be number three on their list. That's the tertiary function. So just to review, an ESFJ has dominant function of extroverted feeling, an auxiliary function of introverted sensing, a tertiary function of extroverted intuition, and an inferior function of introverted thinking. Okay, so now what we're going to talk about, before we take a break, we're going to talk about what a dominant, what an auxiliary, what a tertiary, and what an inferior function looks like in a, in a daily life way. Go ahead and, and think about all of the letters that you have written down or that maybe you're just thinking about a dominant function. When we think about it in practical terms, it's like breathing. That's what they love to do. It's so automatic. It's easy for them to do, and they do it really, really well. The auxiliary function, it's like eating. It's not automatic, so it needs some kind of indication that it needs to be done in order for them to do it, but it's very easy and very well done, just like eating. Their tertiary function is like walking. It's not automatic, and it's not easy to do for an extended period of time, so it needs motivation and compensation in order to be done by that person, but they can do it very, very well, just like walking. And their inferior function is like running. It's not automatic. It's not easy. It's not well done for an extended period of time naturally for them. So they need motivation and compensation and restoration in order to do it for an extended period of time, just like running. Now, these are things that are okay for them to do. Everybody can do everything. But again, think about how naturally you are just going to prefer to do some things more than others. That's normal and that's okay. But we're going to talk later in the show about how much you need to do each of those things, just like daily life activities of breathing and eating and walking and running in order to stay balanced and healthy as a person. So we're going to take our first break. Now think about what things in your life are the most easy and pleasurable for you to do and which ones are more challenging. We're going to get into specifics what those different activities are. This is The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona.
Welcome back to The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona, and today we're talking about the specific activities of the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Personality Profile System and which ones in your daily life you do best, which ones are the easiest for you, which ones are a struggle for you, which ones you don't like to do. Now, just as a reminder, we're talking about the dominant, auxiliary, tertiary, and inferior functions. What's like breathing for you? What's like eating for you? What's like walking for you? And what's like running? Naturally, it doesn't matter what you learn. It doesn't matter what you practice. Your nature will not change. All you can do is adjust how well you do them Give yourself things like motivation and compensation and personal care in order to work through those activities. But keep in mind that as long as those activities are still going to affect you in the same way, the key is learning how to proportion your time and to know exactly what those activities are in your daily life so you can keep your time allotments in good, healthy proportion. And again, if our listeners have any questions or comments they want to make, I'll just remind you again of the station's number here, 888-627-6008. Okay, so you know what? I'm just going to throw out four personalities. Now, if we're talking about in an eight-hour day, a work day, let's say you're at work and you have different activities that you need to do, doing different kinds of activities for different periods of time. You know what? Let's start with an INTJ. An INTJ would actually, out of an eight-hour time period, spend seven hours and 45 minutes thinking about a concept, then doing 10 hours of work in a 15-minute time period in a phenomenal way. Some people would say, you didn't do anything. You sat and you, and you thought for seven hours and 45 minutes. Their response would be, yeah, and you know what? I did 10 hours worth of work in 15 minutes in an amazing way. That's even better than doing eight hours of work. Okay? Well, maybe there's something to that. Whereas an ESTJ would spend eight hours of time doing eight hours of work absolutely perfectly in a consistent way. Well, an INTJ would say, yeah, so that's not impressive. But you know what? For an ESTJ, that would be very important because that's what the world needs in the way of stability and consistency that gives it security. That's invaluable. Well, an ESTP, one of the great things about them, they would spend seven and a half hours doing work. They'd be able to get get out of work for about 30 minutes, but they would do 10 hours of work in a productive way. And they'd say, hey, you know what? I earned that 30 minutes of a break time. You know what? Because I did 10 hours of work in seven and a half hours. I broke a few rules, but I was productive. More productive in eight hours of eight hours of work. Okay. Well, you know what? Someone like an INFP would spend seven hours of time doing five hours of work, but they would do it in an amazing way in a way that you can't measure. And when they were done doing that kind of work, it would have a long-term and permanent effect in the world 
rest, you would say, you know what, it's not even about the quantity of time because the quality of work that I did in five hours worth of work, I spent seven hours doing it, you can't even measure that. Well, you know what, we do need people in the world doing that quality of work in an amazing way. That's what keeps the world thriving, not just surviving. Okay, so when we're talking about sensing and intuiting and thinking and feeling, okay, you know what? Sensing is about focusing on your environment, responding to your environment, knowing exactly what needs to be going on and engaging in a successful way with the physical world. Well, in an introverted way, that just means doing those physical activities by yourself. In an extroverted way, that means doing those activities interactively with more and more people. Okay, so being physically active either alone or with other people. Well, that's doing tangible things. Okay, intuiting is about doing things that are intangible, thoughts and feelings and concepts and ideas, reflecting on those non-physical parts of life. And that means being in your own mind and having those different experiences that can't be measured in a physical way, but they're very important because it's where the subconscious is putting pieces together that the physical experience has created. Well, yeah, the physical sensing experience is good because it's about right here, right now. The intuition is about putting all of those pieces together and creating something more that can't be seen or heard or smelled or touched or tasted. Now, when we do it in an introverted way, intuiting means you're going through that world, the inner world, all by yourself. When you're intuiting in an extroverted way, it means collaborating with other people, brainstorming with other people, and being socially interactive as you put those pieces together and as you create those profound thoughts. It's um, being better, not just more. Okay, well, thinking. Thinking is about taking those thoughts and taking those sensing um, pieces, those experiences, and coming to a conclusion that is, logical and rational, but brilliant and insightful, actually putting those thoughts and those experiences to good use in making decisions. If you do it in an introverted way, that's doing those, making those decisions by yourself, coming to the, the conclusions and making improvements, taking steps to make the world a better place based on the experiences and based on the thoughts from intuition that you've created to put it into action in a logical way to make everything higher quality by yourself. Well, if you're an extrovert while you're thinking, you're doing your thinking in an extroverted way. That's about collaboration and brainstorming in a group and working together to make progress, to make decisions in a harmonious way, in a cooperative way, in a progressive way, by coming together. Now, when we're talking about feeling, feeling is about taking care of humankind, needs, the personal humanity. When you're, when you're making feeling decisions, it's about addressing the needs of others 
and taking care of them in order to make them better quality people, making choices and doing things in life to specifically um, care for the people. As much as the information is important, yeah, that's, that's important. As much as the details being logical and being rational, yeah, those are certainly elements of making decisions. But when you're a feeler, you're personally vested in other people and their needs to bring out the best. Well, if you're an introverted feeler, you're doing you're feeling activities in an introverted way, you actually take better care of people when you're alone because you can focus on those needs that they have while you're allowed to have that personal time and space. But if your feeling is extroverted, you take better care of people when you're personally interacting with them and in groups. Your feeling becomes more intensified and your generosity becomes more real. Okay, so that means doing better things for humanity in a direct way. Okay, so now mix and match them. They have the potential to improve exponentially. But if you're unhealthy and these activities that you're doing are unhealthy, you can do indescribable harm not only to the world and the environment that you live in, but to people. So that means accountability and responsibility are a human obligation that come with power. So we're going to take another break. And what I want you to think about while we're taking this time to reflect, think about the kind of activities in your life that you would describe as sensing. What do you do in your daily life, your daily routine, that could be described as intuitive? What for you would you think is a thinking demand that your life requires? And how much feeling do you do really taking care of other people right now, taking an inventory of your lifestyle, and what does that mean for you in your personality? We're going to take another break. So think about those things in your life personally as well as professionally, the work that you do. And then we're going to talk more about how those activities really are in your personality. And this is The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. back to the Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. Now, today we're talking about personality dynamics and activities, specific activities that qualify as different functions in the MBTI personality profile system. Everybody has to do everything. They have to do things that are sensory. There are things in life that are just intuitive that need to get done. The world demands thinking functions, and you're never going to be successful if you don't know how to do feeling activities in a high-quality way. 
So again, it's not a matter of the exclusive things you do for your personality. The question is how easy or how hard are they for you to do? How good are you naturally at doing them? And how much do you actually have to work to do them? And how much pleasure do these different activities bring you? How many of them exhaust you? There are going to be the four levels. Now, I'm going to use examples because probably in the time that we took that brief, just time out for you to sit and reflect and ask yourself some questions. You don't really know. What, what is extroverted sensing? What's introverted thinking? Okay, so I'm going to take jobs, different activities that you can do throughout the day in your life. And I use these because when people come to me as a, a life coach and they say, I really do need to know what I'm doing and I need to do it better and I need to be happy, just tell me how to be happy. Okay, so let's think about some different jobs and what activities in those jobs qualify as. One of the ones that I, I absolutely love to use owning a restaurant. Okay. You know what? My husband, he absolutely loves food and he loves the food industry. Yeah, my kids have done it. They're not so fond of it. Okay. But now let's think about all of the logistics of owning a restaurant. There is the management that involves customer service and communicating with employees. Okay. That's the direct management of not only the customers, but also the employees. Okay, so now and then there's labor that goes into cooking and cleaning. There's a lot of labor that goes into the food industry and the kind of business like a restaurant. Well, as with any job, any business, there is administrative paperwork and phone calls that need to be done in order to maintain the, the um, business part of a restaurant. It's got nothing to do with the actual restaurant work. Then there is the executive demands of business ownership. That's decision-making, staying informed, uh, wielding the power that comes with the responsibilities of the final say in running that business. Okay, so what management actually qualifies as since it's customer service and communicating with the employees, that's the feeling activity that is part of owning a restaurant. Feeling is putting employees and customers' needs very, very high and responding to them effectively and healthfully. Well, you know what? The labor of cooking the food and cleaning the place up, those are sensing activities because they're very stimulating and they're very physically demanding. Administrative things like paperwork and phone calls, keeping records, all of these different activities that, you know what? That's intuition because they're not tangible things. They're abstract things. They're ideas. They're concepts. Yeah, it's management, but it's got nothing to do with people. And then the executive stuff, that's thinking activities. It's decision-making, staying informed, being executive literally means to execute. So the management is feeling, the labor is sensing, administrative is intuiting, and executive is thinking. Okay, well, you know what? An ESFJ would really need to do the feeling activities the most. Their dominant function is feeling. Okay, so that means there's other things that need to be done. They're a sensor. So the sensing activities of cooking and cleaning, they would need to do that for three hours a day. 
the ESFJ's dominant function of feeling would need to be done for eight hours a day. Their auxiliary function of sensing in order to be helpful would need to be done for three hours a day. Their administrative, you know what, that's paperwork and phone calls. Those are intuition activities that can really only be done healthfully by them for two hours a day. And their executive activities, which are thinking activities, that's their inferior function, really shouldn't be done for more than one hour a day. So in ESFJ, if they own the restaurant, they would need to be very mindful of how many sensing things, how many feeling things, how many intuiting things, how many thinking things they could do. But you know what? Let's just say a restaurant, for a person to have a restaurant with no employees doing everything themselves, it's about a a 40-hour-a-day job, okay? Well, depending on the business you have, it could be a a 60-hour-a-day job. That's why we hire employees. Now, keep in mind... If you're an ESFJ, I really want to own a restaurant. Well, what is it that you like the most about the restaurant business, the restaurant industry? Do you want to do the actual work of the activities of the restaurant, or are you more interested in the business aspects? You know what? An ESFJ, they would need to stick to the activities that are their dominant and their auxiliary function and stick to those time increments to each of those activities because Their dominant function is like breathing. Their auxiliary function is like eating. Their tertiary function, it's like walking. Their inferior function, it's like running. They can do all four of those activities, but they should not do them in a proportion that's unhealthy for them. Okay, so let's use the example of an ESTP. Just for fun, when we have these different activities that need to be done, based on the dominant auxiliary, tertiary, and inferior functions and the time allotment of these different activities for them, the dominant function of an ESTP is sensing. They would need to do sensing activities for eight hours a day. That's actually cooking and cleaning. An ESTP would want to do the activities, the tangible activities of the restaurant. Well, they're still going to have the executive demands, the management activities, the administrative um, requirements in order to keep that restaurant running smoothly. But since their dominant auxiliary, tertiary, inferior order is sensing, then thinking, then feeling, then intuiting, they should not spend more than eight hours a day, right, doing their sensing activities because they need to spend their thinking hours of three hours a day being executive. And their tertiary function of feeling should not be more than two hours a day. That's management. That's direct interaction with the people tending to the emotional needs of the employees and the customers. And then, since their inferior function is intuition, they should not spend, an ESTP should not spend more than one hour a day personally doing administrative things. That means, what does that mean for us in in, um, practical terms? You need to know yourself and to be able to say, you know what, this activity, I can do myself and still be happy. Other activities that are just as important to the, the experience of business ownership of a restaurant I need to pay someone else to do those activities because I may save money 
doing those activities myself, but you know what? It's going to exhaust me and it's actually going to be harmful to me to do things that are not my nature because not only will I be doing things that it's not natural for me to do, but in order to do those things, I'm going to have to stop doing the healthy things for me, for my personality, for my type. Now, let's use another job, a lawyer. What activities does a a lawyer, an attorney who owns their own practice, what activities need to be performed and what do each of those activities qualify as in the MBTI profile system? Okay, well, there's management, there's labor, there's administrative, and there are executive things that always need to be done in business ownership. Well, what really, we'll, we'll look again at the ESFJ, okay, since their dominant function is feeling, they would need to spend eight hours a day doing the feeling activities of a lawyer. Yeah, lawyers really aren't feelers <laughs> because what they need to do is more of the thinking activities, which are the decision-making. As they practice law, they would need to do the thinking and the intuition activities, which is making those decisions and conceptualizing ideas. You know what? Sensing, there's not much sensing involved in being a lawyer. That's the manual labor. Being a lawyer has very little manual labor. Can an ESFJ become a lawyer? Absolutely. Would they want to? Probably not. That would be more of a job for an INTP because all of the thinking that belongs in that that profile, that's eight hours a day. An INTP needs to spend eight hours a day doing thinking activities. Those are executive activities. Not only will they be able to go to court, but they'll also be able to successfully manage the executive part of their company and do intuiting activities as administrative, making decisions, and actually coming to conclusions, legal conclusions, based on information because they're going to be spending all of that time thinking about the case. They're not going to have to go to to court. Most of the work they do is alone and behind closed doors. So the dominant function of thinking for eight hours a day and the administrative um, auxiliary function of intuiting for three hours a day, they are going to be most happy when they spend 11 hours doing those things. But you know what? There's still labor activities and there are still management activities, sensing and feeling things that they're going to have to get done owning a business. Yeah, you know what? You can go ahead and hire someone else out to do those things. Can you do executive and administrative and labor and management activities? Yes. Should you? No. Remember, what you do that's as easy as breathing, what's yeah, pretty gratifying like eating. What is a little challenging like walking for an extended period of time? And what's like running uphill barefoot in the snow? If you know specifically what those things are, then that's going to make it much easier for you. And when you have the ability to say, I'm going to do more of my dominant function because that's going to create the income for me with very little effort, then I'll know which activities of those four elements 
I can hire someone else to do for me because, you know what, I have the money and someone else has a personality to do those things. They're going to love doing those things, okay, and they're going to be very, very successful, very good at it. I'm not only doing myself a favor, but I'm doing them a favor because I'm facilitating their functional order. Now, when we're talking about all the different things in life that I've had to learn to appreciate about people, understanding their personality and knowing how to communicate my personality was a vital part of my success and happiness. And they appreciated it that I could say to them, you know what, I understand that for you, this kind of thing, it's, it's like walking. It's not hard for you to do, but you get real bored with it, and it can be exhausting if you do it for an extended period of time. Let's go ahead and, and ask someone else to do this. I'm going to let you do the dominant function of this activity instead, because you know what? That happens to be my inferior function. They love it. It creates a synergy because it feeds positive energy off of positive energy, and it augments that good, successful power that people can create when they're together. Okay, so we're going to take another break. Think about the things in your life that you know are sensory things, what things are intuitive things, what really now qualifies more as thinking, and what is actually a feeling activity. You might not have thought of it before. We're going to look at a little bit closer at why those time allotments are so critical when we come back. And this is the Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. Welcome back to The Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. I'm going to go ahead and open the lines again for callers. Remind them what the, the number to the station here is. If you have a question or a comment, feel free to go ahead and, and let me know. The number is 888-627-6008. Okay, so in our last segment, we were talking about what activities qualify as sensing what are intuitive, what things are more like thinking activities, and what really is feeling. Overview, sensing is just engaging in your physical world. Intuiting is processing the physical experiences that you've had to form complete thoughts, ideas, and feelings. Thinking is about making decisions that are logical and rational. And feeling is about making decisions that take care of other people's emotional needs and create happiness for them. Now, I've been throwing out these different time allotments, but I haven't really explained why I come up with the numbers that I have. So what I like to do now is go into the, the, 
the details of why those different time allotments are so important. Now, I've always said that a 16-hour day is a very healthy lifestyle because that gives you eight hours to sleep. Now, there are certain things that just with a margin of error of about 5%, because there's transition time, there's different uh, variables, sometimes life just demands that you do one of your tertiary or inferior functions more than your dominant or your auxiliary. But it's very important to remember that you are not going to be healthy if you do things that are not your nature for an excessive period of time. Just because you're doing an activity more often does not mean your personality has changed. So, again, in the context of eating and walking and running, those are activities that you do need to do. Let's start with breathing. 50% of your day needs to be spent doing your dominant function. It is the only activity in your life that you are so naturally inclined to doing it that it requires effort for you to stop doing it. It is absolutely vital for you to perform your dominant function for a minimum of eight hours a day, just like breathing. Now, hold your breath. Okay, you know what? You can't really hold your breath for very long. You need to get that going again. So your dominant function, whatever it is, if it's sensing or intuiting or thinking or feeling, you need to have that activity going on throughout your day. Eight hours a day is good if you can um, create a lifestyle where the things that you do allow you to do your dominant function while you're doing the other three activities which I proportion in the percentages of your auxiliary function, you should do it for 25% of your waking day. That's three to four hours. Now, again, thinking of it in, just in the context of eating, how many times a day should you eat? How much should you eat? You don't have to do it a lot, like breathe in order to sustain yourself. In fact, you can go an extended period of time not doing it, but it's not a good idea. Okay, so we'll just say 25% of your day for three to four hours a day, you should be doing your auxiliary function. Now, what about your tertiary function? It's going to be like walking. I say 10% of your day. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that's still a good period of time. That's two to three hours a day. If you were to actually think about it in terms of walking, people don't walk very much. If you walked for two hours a day at a comfortable pace, at a reasonable, healthful pace, that could be anywhere from six to seven miles a day. Well, you know what? It's okay. You don't really need to walk 10 miles a day. After you spend more than 10% of your day, it, it's not going to harm you, but it's going to wear away at you. And again, keep in mind that when you're doing your tertiary function, that's an activity that's not your nature. It's not your personality. So not only are you doing something that's not your personality, it's not your nature, but you're no longer doing what is. Okay, so you need to always keep in mind the symbiotic, the balance and the relationship between what you are doing and what you aren't doing. Take good care of yourself. Do not do your tertiary function for more than three hours a day. And then your inferior function, I liken it to running. You need to keep your inferior function at between five and seven percent of your day 
one to two hours. Now, when we're thinking about this in terms of running, you can run for one to two hours a day. Now, depending on how well you do it, obviously, the more you do it, the better you get, the faster you're going to get, the higher quality you still shouldn't run for more than two hours a day because, again, not only are you doing something that it's not your nature to do, but you're not doing what is your dominant function. It's like running while you're holding your breath. You cannot do that. It's very, very harmful to you in a physiological way. It's very harmful to your personality in the same way. You need to keep in mind that yeah, life is going to demand that you do your tertiary and inferior functions, whatever they are, whether that's thinking, feeling, intuiting, sensing. You're not going to make it through life if you haven't mastered those skills, just like walking and running. But don't create a lifestyle that demands that you do them for an unhealthy proportion, percentage of time. So you know what I tell people? It's very important to learn how to do the things that are of the same social orientation at the same time. Now, again, since you're going to do one of the second letters of your personality, if you're an S, you're going to do the, the sensing things that are you in one social way. You're going to do the N activities that are not your nature in the opposite social way. So if your S is extroverted, when you do N things, you're going to do them in an introverted way. Well, then if you're doing your third letter function, the T or the F, in the opposite way of your S, then you're going to be doing the other third letter that's not your nature in the opposite social way. Okay, you know what? I might have lost Jess. If you're not keeping this stuff down on pen and paper, let's go ahead and go back to our example of the ESFJ. The ESFJ functional order is dominant extroverted feeling, auxiliary introverted sensing, tertiary extroverted intuition, and inferior introverted thinking. Okay, well, so you know what? The introverted thinking as the inferior function, one of the best ways to get really good at doing the introverted thinking, if you're an ESFJ, is by doing it in an introvertedly sensing activity. When you're doing the activity with the social orientation of your personality that you are, do that same socially oriented activity that you're not in that time, okay? So that means your dominant function, if you're an ESFJ, extroverted feeling is also going to be an opportunity for you to utilize the extroverted intuition that is your tertiary function at the same time. When you're doing your tertiary and function, tertiary function in a dominant function way, or a time, or for that reason, your body is more willing to let you continue to do it. And you're going to get more comfortable and more confident, more proficient in that activity. So your auxiliary function is going to be the same as your inferior function, which for an ESFJ would be introverted sensing and introverted thinking as the inferior function. When you're doing your introverted thinking, you're doing it with sensory activities, your body and your heart and your mind are going to say, okay, yeah, as long as you're letting me do the introverted sensing, I can employ that introverted thinking activity. Now, if you suppress something you need, it's going to make you dysfunctional. 
that means you're going to have depression, physical illness, other conditions that might demand pharmaceutical help. They might demand professional help. Yeah. One of my best, my best examples was my first client. You know what? He wasn't happy being a lawyer. He literally said to me, if you can tell me why, I have a great job. I make a ton of money. I come from a great family. I was never abused. Why am I not happy? Because as the assistant district attorney, he was actually doing the thinking activities more than the intuitive activities. He needed to become a teacher. Once he became a professor, he was able to do eight hours of intuition, introverted, and then three hours of extroverted thinking because as a teacher, he only spoke to the group for a small period of time. And when he had that activity of solitary reflection for eight hours a day, it was like breathing to him. It was more natural. Understand that when you do things in those proportions, you're going to be more happy and more successful. We're going to take a final break. And when we come back, we're going to summarize all of these things and put them into one simple formula, one simple concept. How much of your life are you running How much are you walking? How much does that need to change? Are you willing to make those changes? I'm going to take one final break. My name is Gabrielle Cardona. This is BBS Radio, The Power of Synergy. back to the Power of Synergy on BBS Radio. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. Now, today we've been talking about the very specific activities that are sensing, what's intuiting, what's thinking, and what's feeling, and keeping in mind that the proportions of the dominant and auxiliary and tertiary and inferior functions, those are very, very important ways to stay healthy. Bottom line, Everyone does everything in life. Life demands that you learn how to do things that are not your nature. The key is be mindful of what you're doing. What do you do well? What do you not do well? That's okay. The key is then to understand others and appreciate others, employing others to create that positive energy between you. That means being able to say, This other person has this personality. What's my inferior function for them is like breathing. It's easy. And go to them and say, you know what? I love that you're good at doing this. Do this with me. Do this for me. And let's empower each other to be positive and healthy and proactive. That creates momentum. Next week, we're going to look a little bit closer at that dynamic of relationships and talking about love. Love, there's different kinds of love. 
English isn't the best language, in my opinion, because it's not real specific and it's not real accurate compared to other more antiquated, right, antique, old languages like Greek and Hebrew and Latin. The different kinds of love that we feel, the specific ways that we show it, that's very important to know because that's going to be the foundation of the connection that creates the synergy in our daily life. Synergy is what we create when we're with people. Humans are powerful beings when they're alone, but when we come together, we're exponentially more. And our listeners who want to reach out and ask a question that you'd like me to answer during a show but don't have the time to call in or you might not want to go on the air, I have a new email address to email me directly. The address is powerofsynergy.bbsradio at gmail.com. Again, that's powerofsynergy.bbsradio at gmail.com. Power comes with responsibility. Responsibility comes with accountability. There is no neutral energy. Ask yourself, what do you bring into the world? How can you make it higher quality and empower others to do the same? Thank you for listening to this show today. I'm your host, Gabrielle Cardona. This is the Power of Synergy on BBS Radio.